Thanks for joining us online today. If you would like to join the conversation, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope that you'll enjoy this message. What's going on? Next Level Church is going to be with you this weekend. All of our services, wherever you are at this weekend, whatever service you're in, welcome to you. Anybody watching online, welcome to you. And what a big weekend it is. So let me be the first to congratulate on behalf of Pastor Matt and Sarah, on behalf of, of baseball fans across the world, Cubs fans specifically. Congratulations to the Chicago Cubs fans, World Series champions. If you're in the house and you're a Cleveland fan this weekend, it's okay. You still got LeBron, so it's good. You just move right on into basketball season and go get you another championship, and you'll be fine. Isn't it fun though to see something? Isn't it fun to see a group of people rally around something, uh, some, a cause, something, something that means something to them? It can bring a city together. And I was watching the parade yesterday, and I thought to myself, that's the season Next Level Church is in. We are rallying around a cause with a group of people that are passionate and are on the same page, and we're going to change our region of Southwest Florida. Come on, do you believe that? Whatever service you're in. Well, I'm excited. Uh, we're going to continue on in our Ghost Stories series. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. What an incredible series uh, it's been. Pastor Matt, unbelievable messages in this series. Pastor Will Hutcherson, our next-gen pastor, incredible job. Pastor Dino Rizzo from the Ark last week who came and spoke, did an incredible job talking about being a witness on the power of the Holy Spirit. So we've talked a lot. We have, we have been trying to educate you over the last several weeks about who the Holy Spirit is, what He does in our life, the three baptisms of the Holy Spirit, and then how we have the power to be witnesses. But this weekend, we're going to continue on in that, and we want to educate you a little more in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about what happens in our life when the Holy Spirit starts to grow in us. And we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if you've been around church or Bible study at all for a while, you've probably heard this term. You could probably recite them to me, but here's what I would ask you to do. Engage this weekend. I think we're going to take it to another depth for you. I think we're going to take it to a place that where you don't just know the Bible verse, that you actually can start to grow it at a deeper level in your life. And if you're new to church, if you're new to next level, maybe you've been here a couple of weeks, maybe this is your first time here. First and foremost, on behalf of all of our staff and pastors, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. What an incredible season to come and check out Next Level Church. And I hope you'll lean in and engage because everything we're going to talk about this weekend has to do with you. Regardless if you said yes to a relationship with Christ or not yet, or if you just said yes, we want to lead you in that direction where you'll say yes to Jesus. And then ultimately these fruits of the spirit, God's characteristics, God's personality, that when we say yes to Jesus, that we don't stay the same. We start to move our lives and look more like Jesus, and what we're going to talk about, these fruits of the Spirit are God's characteristics. They're, they're His personality type. They're what we should look like when we become followers of Christ. Anybody else, I, it's changed the game. It's changed the eating game in Southwest Florida. I'm an eater. I like to eat, maybe like a lot of you do, but I love food. It's my thing. Top three things that I enjoy. It's, it's there. It's food. I love it. It's changed the game. Tropical smoothie. 
Anybody else in the house? Tropical smoothie. It's changed the game. I'll be honest. I eat it five times a week, Monday through Friday. The only reason I don't do Saturday, Sunday is because it's not nearby the house, but it's nearby the Next Level Church offices. I love it. I get a, I get a peanut paradise. Whey protein, no sugar. They always ask you whey or soy. I'm like, whey. Does this body look like I eat a lot of soy? No, I would do whey. A lot of whey protein. Honestly, I don't even know the difference between the two. I just feel more athletic when I say whey. I'm like, let's take the whey protein. No sugar though. So love the peanut paradise. My wife likes the buy me, limey, try me, try me, whatever. My little girl likes the red, the, the passion kiwi quencher, whatever. Crazy names. Love tropical smoothie. Here's what I want you to do. If you've ever been to tropical smoothie, picture yourself walking in to tropical smoothie. You got your smoothie in mind, you know what you want, maybe you don't, you look at the menu, fruits everywhere, you got pears, you got oranges, you got apples, you got all kind. you got everything, pineapples that you can get in your smoothie, and you go to look at the girl at Tropical Smoothie, and you're like, you know what, I'll take the uh, berry cherry limeade, that looks good, I'll take that, and she goes, well, that's great, ma'am, uh, I would love to get you that, but uh, today we actually don't have any fruit. We're all out of fruit today, but we can still make you a smoothie, I picture most of you, like me, would look back at her and go, how can you make me a fruit smoothie without any fruit today? And if she looked back at me and smiled and said, no, 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 it's okay. I know fruit's the main ingredient of what we do here, but we don't have any of that today. We're actually out, but we can still make you a smoothie. I think we would look across at her like most of you probably are sitting there listening right now going, are you serious? You're going to make me a smoothie your, your tropical smoothie, you make fruit smoothies, and you're going to make me a smoothie without fruit. How is that possible? And we would look on at her like, she's crazy. Like, it's not possible to have a fruit smoothie without fruit. Jesus actually had this encounter in the Bible, and he's walking along with his disciples, and he's in book of Matthew chapter 21, and he's walking with his disciples after being in a city, um, probably doing something that Jesus does, something awesome. And Jesus is walking with his disciples from town to town, and it says this in verse 18, in the morning... As Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry. My man liked to eat too. And he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there was any figs. Never seen this before in in Scripture until we got into this series. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. He goes on. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up and died. Jesus is walking around with his disciples. He's going from town to town. He's hungry. He sees a fig tree in, in, in front of him, and he walks over to the fig tree with all expectation to find fruit, to find figs on the fig tree. He walked in the tropical smoothie with all expectation to get his peanut paradise and have the fruit in it that he needs. And he gets up to the tree. He comes up to the counter, and he looks for the figs, and there's no fruit. He orders his smoothie, and she goes, I'm sorry, we're out of fruit today. And it says that he goes back to the verse before there. Go back to verse 18 for me. But there were only leaves. And Jesus turns to his disciples and he teaches them about this fruit of the Spirit and that our lives as Christians, we should bear fruit. And it's interesting to me that it says, but there were only leaves. If you're familiar with Bible study at all, you can go back to the beginning in Genesis and Adam and Eve were the first two people that were created. And if you know the story where sin entered mankind is that Adam and Eve went to the, the tree that God asked them not to eat from and they ate from the tree of good and evil. They pulled what? Fruit. And they ate this worldly fruit. And then it says that 
God looked down on them. And the first thing that Adam and Eve ran and did is they ran and they found leaves to cover up that which they were embarrassed about. And Jesus walks over to this fig tree expecting to see fruit, yet he only sees leaves where fruit should actually be. What a picture of our world right now. When it comes to Christians, as we would say, we're all Christians attending our service this weekend. So many of you have friends and family members and coworkers that it's easy to say we're Christians, that the truth is we wear things around our necks like the gold cross and we represent Jesus in our workplaces or in our families or around our friends on Friday or Saturday night and we have the cross that represents that we're a Christian. For some of us, we still rock the fish on the back of the car. Maybe that's changed for you and now it's the Next Level Church bumper sticker. Either way, we want everybody to know on Daniels or on Colonial or on I-75 that we're a Christian that our Facebook status, probably 70% of the world has our Facebook status where it says religious views as Christian. Then we have our other Instagram, social media things. This is girls call me Freddie. I'll let that sit in for a second. Jesus lover, 100%, 100%. Follower of Christ, bless, hashtag bless, bless, bless. Romans 116, cross, cross. God first, brah. Success is a choice. Make it. And then the pictures are start with Jesus, stay with Jesus, end with Jesus. Picture of alcohol everywhere. Picture of a club. Picture of shots. Lord, I am nothing without you. And the question I would ask for us this weekend as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit is do we have leaves covering up where fruit is supposed to be? In our lives, day to day, are there leaves covering up where fruit is actually supposed to be? Because see, the world I'm seeing today is simply this, that we wear the cross around our neck, but we cuss people out at our workplace. That we have the fish on the back of our car, but we're easy to stare someone down or flick them off in traffic when they cut us off. That we have Christian as our religious status, but we're blasting people on our news feed. That we have 100%, 100% Jesus, emoji, church, God first, brah. But our pictures are of parties and clubs and pictures without maybe a lot of clothes on. And we're living in a world today where we're using leaves to cover up where fruit ought to be. And Jesus says that when we say yes to Jesus, that our lives should start to transform into this characteristics we're going to talk about this weekend called the fruit of the Spirit. And here's what I want you to hear. I'm not perfect by any means. This is so passionate for me because this used to be my life. This used to be my life. Say yes to Jesus. Love Jesus. I'm a Christian. But the day-to-day pieces of my life didn't portray any fruit of the Spirit in my life. And when it comes to the outside world, we can actually bring more confusion in Christ than we can bring confidence in Christ to people that are looking on at our lives. That when the outside world looks on at our life and we say that we're a Christian, they should see something different about us. And it should bring confidence to them that maybe there's hope that they could be different as well. But when our outside lives don't portray the fruit of the Spirit, it brings confusion to people's lives. And they go, you know what? I want that. I want to say yes to Jesus and not have to change my lifestyle at all. And that's the world we're living in today. 
We're living in a world that says you can say yes to Jesus and you can flaunt it everywhere. Just make sure you have enough leaves covering up where fruit ought to be hanging. And Jesus looks on at his disciples in this passage of scripture and he says, hey, this is what your life should look like. Your life should bear fruit in your life. And then he goes on and he teaches in the, in the book of Galatians. If you have your Bibles this weekend, I'd love for you to turn to Galatians. It's in the New Testament right after the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just a couple books later, is the book of Galatians. And Jesus lays out what, what our lives should start to look like if we start to grow in our relationship with Christ. And let me be real quick and, and careful to say, listen, as soon as you say yes to Jesus, that does not mean that your life completely transforms. That Jesus made salvation easy, that we can say yes to Jesus, that we feel convicted of sin, we can ask for forgiveness, but then it's a journey. And what I don't want you to hear this weekend is that for some of us, we've said yes to Jesus three months ago, six months ago, maybe even a year ago, and there's this expectation that your life is perfect. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that our lives should start to continue to move in a direction where we look, sound, and act more like Jesus where our social media pages start to look and sound more like Jesus, when our interactions with our customers and our coworkers and our wives and our children and our teachers should start to look and sound more like Jesus. And the question I would ask you to ask yourself this weekend in whatever location you're in, go back to when you said yes to Jesus. As of today, does your life look more like Jesus or does it look a lot like it did when you said yes to Jesus? Because what we're going to talk about this weekend has everything to do with your life starting to look more like Jesus. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 22. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, you've heard us a lot in this series talk about living in the flesh, walking in the flesh, that it's actually possible to say yes to a relationship with Jesus, yet still walk day to day in your flesh. And it says this, that you, the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. If you're a Christian and you're not walking in the Spirit day to day in the power of the Holy Spirit, your sin nature is going to desire these things. It's going to desire things like sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. It goes on. Idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. The list goes on and on and on. But then it jumps and it says, you know what? When you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, your life produces a different type of list. It produces a different type of fruit. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this type of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That when we say yes to a relationship with Christ and we get baptized in water and then we receive the Holy Spirit, that the power of the Holy Spirit, not only as Pastor Dino said last weekend, gives us power to become witnesses, it starts to produce this fruit in our life if we walk in the Spirit every day. But my fear is, and for so many of us who call Next Level Church our home, my fear is for Christians around the world today is that we have so many people saying yes to Jesus, but never figuring out that the power of the Holy Spirit starts to grow this fruit of the Spirit, these characteristic traits, these personality traits of our God. And that if we're going to be witnesses, as Pastor Dino said last weekend, then we have to have in our lives love, 
We have to portray in our lives joy and peace and patience. We have to walk day to day with kindness and goodness and gentleness. We have to show the outside world who doesn't know Christ faithfulness and self-control. And maybe you're here this weekend and you look on at those two lists that we just talked about and maybe for you, you see a lot of your life on that first list. And you look on at this list and you go, man, I need more of that in my life. And here's the difference. The difference is simply this, is that you've said yes to a relationship with Christ and you still get two roads to walk down. That you've said yes to Jesus, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and now you have two lanes that you can walk in. You can walk in the flesh and you can come to church and you can be in groups and you can even serve and that's awesome. And your life will look more like Jesus on that road. But if you want to turn into everything that God created you to be, if you want to do everything that God's called you to do, and if you want to be witnesses to the outside world, which is what God says that we're supposed to be as Christians, there is only one road. And it is the road that grows the fruit of the Spirit in our life. So this weekend, I'd love for you to take a slip of paper out of your bulletin and fill in some blanks with me and track along lots of blanks. You, you list people, you're going to have a blast this weekend. You ENFP personality types like me, just, just write it everywhere. It's going to be fine. But lots of fill in the blanks this weekend for you because I want to talk about four things that you need to know about fruit. Four things that you need to know about fruit. The, the first of all, we're going to talk about nine different fruits of the Spirit. But first and foremost, we need to know that all fruit has a different taste. All fruit has a different taste. We know that, right? Apples, oranges, pineapples, pears, grapes, that no matter what fruit we eat, they all have a different taste. And God looks on at our lives and says there's actually nine fruits of the Spirit, and they all have a different taste. But when they're blended together, tropical smoothie, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm, I'm so hungry. When you drop in a pear and you drop in some oranges and you drop in some grapes and you drop in a few other fruits and you blend it all together, the taste that comes out of that is spectacular. And God looks on in our lives and says, there's these different fruits and they all have a different taste in our life, but blended together, they are the perfect smoothie for the outside world to taste. The first one is simply this, it's love. Love, and in the Bible, love is defined as this. This is talking about agape love, which is unconditional love. That The first characteristic trait that God says we should have is this unconditional love love in our life. This is not the love that we have for our sports team. This isn't the love that we have for our friends. This isn't the love we have for our car or our job. This isn't even the love that we have for our family. This is a love that's so deep, that's unconditional, that, that we can't even fathom how much God loves us, this agape love, and that we have to continue to grow in love so that we can look on at our families and our coworkers our friends, the outside world, the broken, the hurting that don't know Jesus, and we can portray this unconditional love to them. It goes on, love, joy. Joy is simply defined as this. Joy is internal, not external. That if you missed our series, LOL, I would encourage you to go back, go to our app, go online to iTunes and download our podcast and watch the LOL series because we talked on four weeks about joy and how joy is not something that's external, not our day-to-day situation. That's happiness, but it's an internal work that God does in us that no matter what situation we find ourselves in, we can still have joy. It goes on, love, joy, peace. Peace is simply this. Peace is fearing nothing that may come from this world or from God. 
Peace is in this world, no matter what comes at us, we do not have fear. We fear nothing because we have God and the power of the Holy Spirit, fearing nothing that may come from this world or from God. Peace is like, it's like being in a storm in a ship. And you're in a storm and the waves are big and the wind's big and the rain's crazy, but there's a rudder, a steady rudder. And the whole purpose of that rudder is to keep the ship on balance no matter how big the waves get, no matter how much the wind blows, no matter how hard the rain pours down, that we can know our ship can stay steady in the storm. And for so many of us, we're living in a storm right now. And you're living in a storm in your life. You're living in a storm in your marriage. You're living in a storm in your finances. And God says, listen, but you have this characteristic trait of me and it's called peace. And I promise you, if you'll, if you'll lean into me, if you'll tap into that river of the Holy Spirit that Pastor Matt talked about in one of our weekends, then you can know that there is nothing in this world that you need to fear. Love, joy, peace. These are basically what I would say are summed up as the countenance in Christ. This is our countenance in our day-to-day life, our countenance of love and joy and peace. It goes on to the next one, number four, patience. Patience is simply defined as to accept or tolerate delay, trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. Come on, everybody. Let's just be honest. Don't we need some more patience? Everybody needs some more patience. Can I get a good old amen? We need some more patience, right? Parents of three-year-olds and younger, we need more patience. We need more patience in our life. Here's what I'm learning about patience. Patience isn't actually the ability to wait. It's how we act while we're waiting. A lot of people think patience is, is just waiting. It's, it's, it's actually not just the ability to wait. It's how we act while we're waiting. Patience is going through a long-suffering season while having an attitude that says God is able. Love, joy, peace, patience. Number five, kindness. Kindness is simply defined as this, the divine kindness out of which God acts towards mankind. When you translate kindness in the original language, it is the divine kindness out of which God acts towards mankind. That Christians ought to be the kindest people on planet earth. That Christians ought to look on with kindness and we should be what the Old Testament says that God is good and we should show kindness by behaving towards others as God has behaved towards us. How kind has God been to you? How kind has God been to me? Kind enough to send his son that would die on a cross and bear the sin of mankind so that you and I could have a relationship with the Almighty God. Kindness. In our life, we have to be kind to people. It goes on, number six, it's goodness. Goodness is simply defined as that which is on the outside is the same as what's on the inside. That that which we portray in our Instagram bio is also the same as our pictures show. That that which we portray on our religious status on Facebook, our news feed and pictures actually show that what's on the outside is also what's portraying on the inside. This is talking about our integrity. Our integrity, our uprightness, of heart. Integrity is the same all the way through to the core. Integrity is, is what you're doing when no one else is watching. And God looks on and says, we have to have this goodness in our life. Patience, kindness, goodness. These are summed up as our conduct, our conduct in Christ. That day to day, we have the opportunity to show patience. Day to day, we have the opportunity to show kindness. Day to day, we have the opportunity to show goodness in our conduct in Christ is summed up in these three fruits of the Spirit. It goes on and says faithfulness. Faithfulness is 
simply defined as this, it's the character of one who can be relied upon. The character of one who can be relied upon. Come on, husbands, are you, are you being found faithful right now? Moms, are we being found faithful right now? Best friend, are you faithful? Can you be relied upon? Coworker, are you being faithful to your department head, to your boss, to your job, to your career? Are you being found faithful in your life? It goes on to number eight, and it's gentleness. Gentleness is simply defined as this. It's power under control. Power under control. If you've ever ridden a horse before, the hope is that you have a, a bridle in the horse's mouth. That as you're riding a horse, if you just jump on a horse bareback and go, it is hard to direct where that bad boy goes. But you have a, horses have a thing in their mouth that when you're holding on, you can, you can yank to the left, you can yank to the right, you can pull back and make him slow down or make the horse stop. And what a picture of our lives with the Holy Spirit. What a picture of our lives with the Holy Spirit. We could take off and start running, but just like a horse, a horse submits to the rider. And what a picture of us in the Holy Spirit. We could run away with this, or we could choose to submit it to God and go, God, I submit to you. You direct my life left. You direct my life right. You slow me down. You speed me up. I submit to you. And then it's the last one, number nine, which by the way, I'm just, this one's the one that the Lord laid on my heart this weekend that Next Level Church needs to hear. This is the one, as I prayed for all of us, I need more of this in my life. I need to grow it more in my life. But this is the one, when I thought of Next Level Church, this is the one that I think church-wide, that this is the one that, that as a church, we've got to grow in, in this next season of our church. To have the influence that we're called to have in our city, our region, our country, and around the world, this is the fruit of the Spirit that's been on my heart for us to look at. It's self-control, and self-control simply defined as the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions. The virtue of one who masters his desires and passions, I don't think it's by mistake that it's the last one. I don't think it's by mistake that love is the first one. I think love and self-control are these bookends to the other seven. But I'm not sure we can have kindness and gentleness and patience if we don't have self-control. I'm not sure that we can have joy and peace if we don't have love. And I think love and self-control book in these other seven. And self-control is this idea that we have to find our desires and we have to take our passions and we have to submit them to God. See, the spirit-led life is not a life devoid of desires or passions, but rather a life where those desires and passions are submitted to God, controlled, and given the proper outlet. Summed up, these last three are simply our character. Our character in Christ. See, we all have a taste to our lives, don't we? If I were to ask those that are the closest to you, your spouse, your kids, your mom, your dad, your business partner, your employees, your mother-in-law, if I were to ask them about your life, what would they say your life tastes like? Would they say that it tastes pretty good, but it's definitely missing a few flavors? What is your life tastes like. It goes on number two as far as things we need to know about fruit. And it says this, fruit does not just appear, it has to be grown. Fruit doesn't just appear, it has to be grown. See, some people believe that once you're a follower of Christ, that fruit automatically starts to grow in your life. And that's just not true. That a farmer doesn't go buy an orange field, step out onto the orange field and go, awesome, can't wait for the oranges to appear. 
go home and then come back out six months later and go, oh, look at that, oranges, fruit everywhere. That's not how it works. A farmer has to go work the field. A farmer has to go out and he has to plant and he has to water and he has to make sure sunlight and he has to make sure nutrients. And then all of a sudden, a harvest of oranges come. And that's what it is in our life as well when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. Look what Jesus says in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. There are areas in our life that do not have the ability for us to grow fruit. Passions, desires, selfishness, greediness. There's these areas in our life. If you're frustrated with an area in your life right now, could it be possible that you're running down a branch that can't bear fruit? He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Come on, God. What are you doing? I'm being so kind over here. I'm at such peace over here. Did you see how much patience I had today? Did you see how self-controlled I was in that meeting today, God? And you're going to prune me? So that you will eventually be even more fruitful. What a God. What a God. They would look on in our life and say that the result is not that we just have these nine fruits. We, we serve a God that wants more for us. He wants more for us in our marriages. He wants more for us with our kids. He wants more for us in our workplaces, in the places that we serve and have ministry opportunities. That Yes, you're patient, but he can make you more patient. Yes, you're, you have joy in your life, but he wants to give you more joy. Yes, you're self-controlled in that area, but he wants to give you more self-control. And you know why God prunes you where you bear fruit? It's because he wants to promote you. That in some area in your life, he wants to promote you, so he prunes you. You just got to be willing to be pruned. Pruning hurts. Not that I've ever been pruned before, but <laughs> I, would have, I would think that it would hurt. He cuts off every branch that does not have fruit, yet he prunes those that have fruit so that you can be more fruitful. It goes on. Remaining in me as I also remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vines, Jesus. You are the branches, us, Christians. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. He says it again, apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's break this down for just a second. Fruitfulness is the principal purpose of a fruit tree, correct? Can we all agree on that? That fruitfulness is the, it's, it's the, it's the point of the existence of a fruit tree. Go back to verse 1 there for me for just a second. But Jesus looks on and he goes, I'm the vine. And, I'll, and, and God, he, he is the gardener. That I'm the vine, you have to stay in me, but my Father is going to cut things off of you so that your fruitfulness can continue to grow. But then he warns them. And he warns them in verse 2, and he says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, the Father, takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Go to verses 4 and 5. And then it goes on, and it says, Remain in me. And he calls the disciples, he calls us that are Christians, the branches. That we are the branches. And he tells them that if we will abide in him, we will bear much fruit. 
What does this mean? It simply means this. We'll go to point three and we'll talk about it. Point number three about fruit that you need to know. Things about fruit is that you can actually go bad. Fruit can actually go bad. Come on, anybody else? Pet peeve? Come on, anybody? You, the, I, I'm going to say the wife. Wives, don't boo me off the stage. Let's just say for, for illustration purposes, the wife goes to Publix, buys a bunch of fruit. Things like blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, grapes, apples. That's the five fruits I can think of in our refrigerator right now. Not saying who bought them. <laughs> Anybody else got a pet peeve when you open up the drawer and all the fruit's gone bad and it's never even been opened? Drives me nuts. Drives me insane, actually. But I'm very self-controlled because I am perfect in the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> and kindly, I say, honey... All the fruit's gone bad. That was a good investment of our money. I don't say that. But it drives me nuts. Fruit can actually go bad. You see what it said in verse 4? It said, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. That there are seasons of our life where we have fruit. We're patient. We're pretty kind. We've been gentle this week. We've shown a lot of love this week. Have you ever known someone that in, that, in a season was super patient? Known somebody that was ever super kind? Someone who was at a peace about their life and in the next season they were impatient? The next season they were rude? The next season they were anxious? In their life, that's because unless you remain in the power of the Holy Spirit and you remain in Jesus, your fruit will start to go bad. He says that we have to abide in him. Look what the word abide means in the Greek. It says abide means to stay, live, dwell, adhere, submit. In your life, Next Level Church, day-to-day, -day, when you think about your day-to-day -day life, can you say honestly that you are staying in the power of the Holy Spirit? That you are living your life day-to-day -day in the power of the Spirit? That you're dwelling in the Spirit's presence? that you adhere, that you submit to the Holy Spirit's voice in your life. Jesus says that's the only way that we can continue to grow fruit in our life is that we abide in Him. What does abide look like on a daily basis for us here at Next Level Church? It looks like a few things. It looks like soaping. It looks like reading your Bible day to day. That's abiding in Christ. It, it looks like listening to worship music listening to, to positive music, music that actually makes us think about God and not about parties, alcohol, money, and rock and roll. See, because here's the thing. Some of, us in our, some of us in our services right now are going, really, Kyle? Really? Really? Whatever we put on the inside will come out on the outside when pressure is put on us. And either fruit can come out of our life when pressure's put on us, or the world can come out of us when pressure's put on us. One way or the other, pressure's going to be put on you in your life, in your marriage, with your kids, at your workplace, in your personal lives. And one thing's going to come out. It's either going to be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control, or it's going to be the world that you're putting in. Well, watching movies isn't that big of a deal, Kyle, unless it is. Yeah, but we watch the R-rated movies where it's more, it's more about the language than it is about the sexual stuff. Well, when pressure's put on you and you cuss, we're not showing love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control 
in our life. It looks like groups. It looks like getting friends that can keep us accountable. It looks like serving and using our gifts and talents to serve God. When we do that, we start to grow in our life in the Holy Spirit's power, and fruit starts to grow instead of going bad. Because the Holy Spirit is the water and sunlight that's needed for the fruit to grow in our life. That we have to read our Bible. We have to listen to worship music. We have to get on a serve team. We have to find a group. We have to live a life that's accountable to people who are trying to live like Christ as well. And the Holy Spirit is that water and it is that sunlight so that we can grow in the fruit of the Spirit. And why? Because number four, fruit is the most attractive thing about Christians. Fruit is the most attractive thing about Christians. Matthew 7, 16 says, you can identify them. Who is them? Them is us. By their what? By their social media page. No. You can identify them by their bumpers. No. You can identify them by their, by their, by their necklace. You can't identify them by their tattoos? No, the outside world only identifies us by our fruit. Period. That is by the way we act. Me and my wife drive to the lake house a couple times a year in Lake Placid, and there's orange trees everywhere. And when we're driving, sometimes those trees are on both sides of the roads for miles. And we'll go through seasons, and sometimes they look like this, and there's not oranges anywhere. And you know what I do? I never look left or right. I just drive to the lake house. I honestly forget the fields are there. But once a year, we'll just be happening to go to the lake house, and I don't know that it's orange season at all, and we'll pass an orange field that looks like that. And my eyes automatically start to go, wow, look at that. Oh, wow, look, it must be orange season. There's fruit, there's fruit everywhere. Wow, man, for day, God, look, the fruit all on the ground, it's everywhere. It's because fruit actually attracts the outside world. And hands down, the thing that is the most attractive to the outside world, those that do not know Jesus, is our fruit. So here's my question for us this weekend, Next Level Church, on a practical side of things. What if you took that list over the next 48 hours? What if you took that list of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? What if you took that list and you rated yourself? One to ten. One being, wow, I need to, that fruit's gone dead in my life. And ten going, wow, I'm actually, I'm actually a rock star in that fruit. I'm the most patient person I know. Be careful, God will prune you. (laughs) What if you found your bottom two or three? I have a bottom two or three right now. I'm not perfect. We go in seasons where we have a new bottom two or three all the time. What if between now and December 31st, we made it our prayer, our purpose, and our passion to take the bottom two or three and take them up a few notches and grow in our relationship with Christ by tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit, praying that God would grow those in our lives, committing to be at church on a regular basis, read our Bibles, listen to worship music, get on a serve team, get in a group, and start to grow the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. A church that changes a region 
is a church full of people that are tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit and walk into their workplaces, neighborhoods, and into their families with fruit on trees, not just leaves. Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to be here this week. And God, I pray, Lord, that these fruits of the Spirit would grow in our lives, our church's lives, my personal life like never before. Holy Spirit, we lean into you. We ask you to show us those bottom two or three, God, and we will purposely go after them. We will, we will go grow them because we know they're not just going to appear. We will abide in you so that they won't die. And God, we promise that as people ask us about us why we're different, we'll be able to tell them that that's the fruit in our lives of our relationship with you. We love you and thank you this weekend. In Jesus' name, everyone who agreed said amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. If your life has been impacted through this ministry, we would love to hear your story. Send us an email to mystory@nextlevelchurch.com. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. Also, if you want to support what God is doing here, you can do so through our website, nextlevelchurch.com, and help us bring you more messages just like this one every single week. Your generosity is making an impact here and around the world. Thanks for joining us online. Have a great week.